This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. And a good Saturday night, Philadelphia, Delaware Valley, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer and Jay Doc here in the studio. I'm Joe Krause coming to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, powered by Pond Lahaki Stern and Giordano, the workers' compensation law firm. Ryan Boyer, welcome back, my friend. We missed you last Saturday night. Wow, I didn't miss you guys. I, <laughs> I was Good in, to know. At least you're very candid. No, I Appreciate was in beautiful, that. sunny Hilton Head, South Carolina at a conference, but you know, I took my family down, so it was always great when I could do a little work and still spend time with my family. Nah, good stuff. Well, nice to have you back in the chair and a big show uh, lined up for everyone. I do want want to write from uh, right from the top right from uh, jump street just uh, let everyone know to all of our listeners um, due to an unscheduled change this was an unscheduled change in governor wolf's saturday schedule uh, with regrets he will not be able to join us uh, on the big show tonight uh, we're working right now to get that uh, show rescheduled with the governor we'll keep you up to date uh, on that new date for uh, the governor uh, to join us but Again, um, the show, live radio, the show must go on. Let's get the show kicked off first with our drum roll as we uh, set the table. And I bring in Jay Doc. Jay Doc, I, I know Ryan was in South Carolina, as he said, but we, oh, it la, but last week we had lobster and crab and shrimp and a taste of the Jersey Shore. What are we eating tonight at the dinner table? All right, so this week uh, from the famous Napoli Pizza, um, the down at Seventh uh, and I think Passionk. Um We had fried panzer. What are they? Panzerottis, Jay. Panzerottis. Fried panzer, they, are? they are well. They are known around the world for right. fried panzerottis. Let me tell you something. Unbelievable. And and so my friends over at Giovanni and Pelleggi were the ones that turned me on to them. So naturally tonight we went down and we 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 we, uh, we grabbed some. And let me tell you something. Unbelievable. Just fantastic. Uh, and uh, also we got their pizza. So it was it was a great night. Uh, so my diet is out the window again, Joe. So this segment is killing me. Number one, the pan- Panzerati was uh, was a taste of heaven. So it's like an it was like an inside out stromboli. It's a deep fried. So it was definitely something. It was that, definitely deep fried. It was <laughs> deep fried. Wasn't so, so I mean, there's twenty four thousand seven hundred sixty five calories in that baby. So I can eat again. <laughs> wow. I'm joking about that, but I'm just saying there's a lot. But it was incredible, and I want to thank them down there. And the guy Eddie was awesome to us. So uh, fantastic. Our table is set for a Saturday night Yummy. here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. A special thanks as J Doc uh, mentioned to uh, Napoli and the fried Panzerati as we enjoy Ooh. them here uh, in the studio. J 
saying, uh, keep the area, keep the area clean <laughs> uh, so can. we can get through uh, the big show. <laughs> and by the way, as uh, mentioned, the show must go on. A great show uh, lined up for you. We're going to get to Senator Vincent Hughes in just a moment, who is waiting for us uh, on the hotline. And Ryan, I'll have you introduce the senator in just a moment. Also, uh, coming up on the big show uh, at the bottom of the hour, right around 7.33, Sam Pond uh, will join us. Sam is getting the title of uh, the new Harrisburg Teflon man, uh, and we'll <laughs> bring uh, the correspondent. We'll bring Sam Pond into the program. Seven forty-five. Jim Gardler, the president of CWA thirteen thousand, uh, he will join us uh, as well. Big show lined up for you. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer. Well, listen, we're going to introduce State Senator Vincent Hughes. He's the Democratic Chairman of the Appropriations Committee. And as we know, we have six more days to a deadline on a budget in Harrisburg, which took Governor Wolf away. But we still have Vincent Hughes to talk and articulate the priorities of the governor and the priorities of the Democratic Party when it comes to this budget, which is very, very extremely tight because we're in about a $3 billion deficit and the Republicans there will not even utter the word raise taxes or increase revenue. So my senator, Senator Hughes, how are you? I'm doing great. Hey, you guys talking about good food in there, man. Uh, how come you invite me into the studio? I wish you would have been in the studio, man. That's it. That's where you, you can always come to, to the studio. You got an open invitation oh. at any time. <laughs> you take me you take me out of my workout, out of my gym workout for the interview, and now you won't even invite me to the Well, studio. let me say Senator, this. I didn't need any food, just to let you know. <laughs> okay. he, and by the All way, right. he's right about that. I, we could have absolutely used you in the studio. Right? But let me tell you something. You would have had to work out 24 hours straight yeah. to run those I, calories off, man. Let me I tell heard you. the calorie count. I heard the calorie count. <laughs> so, so, Senator, could you yeah. talk about this budget and the shortfall and the priorities of the governor and your caucus? Well, it's, it, the, the shortfall is basically this. In the current year that we're in, 16-17, we got about a 1.1, 1.2 uh, budget deficit that uh, the, the, all the commitments that were made to balance it out in the last budget, the Republicans have basically blocked a lot, a lot of that. And the economy is not growing at the level it needs to be growing. We're still suffering for them from those four years under the former governor, and, and, and it's still taking a long time to build ourselves out of it. And you all know, you labor guys, you know what, it, what that means. When everybody's working and got a nice paycheck, then that's good for the whole community, including the state budget. So if you add those dollars up to the projected shortfall for next year, we've been able to whittle it back, Ryan, from about $3 billion to about, we, we're projecting about $2.4 billion deficit. So you got to deal with, with both of them together. And the problem that we got right now is Republicans, since they're in the majority in the, in the House and the majority in the Senate, are now talking about borrowing and major borrowing, financing, to paper over this budget and not well, When you borrow, you have to pay interest, problems. Senator. So the when money borrow, costs more. <laughs> when you borrow, you've got to pay interest. But they won't do anything around trying to raise taxes, raise revenues. And, not talk, and we're not talking about taxes on average person. Okay. Can I ask We're you a talking. question, Senator? Yeah, man. Am mm-hmm. I correct that Pennsylvania, out of the out of the states that have a personal income tax, that we're second only to North Dakota, and if we raise our our personal income tax by one percent, it, it 
is a whole harmless for the first 35,000. So we're only talking about middle class and upper class, and that'll raise about $4 billion a year? And, and, it's, and it's low, depending on how much you raise. But we don't even have to do it that way. Uh, working with the Pennsylvania Budget and Policy Center this past year, and you know those folks over there, all you guys know those folks over there, good, talented people over there. Senator Haywood and I came up with a program called the Fair Share Tax, where you go after the profits of those who are the, who are the wealthiest, the 1, 2, the 3, the 5, the 10% guys at the top end. And if you take their tax from 3.2 to uh, 6.5, just at the top end, for only for the profits that they're making, you can, in fact, lower the personal income tax for about 55% of the citizens in Pennsylvania and hold it even for another 30%. So, and you can get that $4 billion that way, all right? So, you know, there's all kinds of progressive proposals out there, and it meets the constitutionality, okay? And so, because we, we tested it with some lawyers, it meets the constitutionality. And so, we can get it that way. We can even, you know, we can raise, uh, get about $140 million if we raise the, the, the minimum wage. We can get about a two hundred and fifty million dollars if we deal with wage theft, and y'all know what that's all about. Okay, yeah, we, paying pe- paying people under the table. You know, they sign up for forty hours, you work them for 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 fifty, and then they only get paid for the forty. You know, there's there's other things that can be done, but these Republicans, just like the ones down in Washington, they don't want to listen. They want to paper over this and borrow, which only will make the situation probably from two point four taking well over $3 billion next year. Senator Hughes, um, you know, like Ryan said, the, the deadline for the budget is, is the 30th. What, 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 are the, yep. what are the chances that we're going to bring us in on time? Well, he, he, you know, it, it, so remember this. Doing something on time may not necessarily be doing, be doing the right thing. Sometimes you got to wait a little bit longer. You know, you got to let the, let the Ponzarelli cook a little bit longer so you can make the taste real good, right? <laughs> okay. I, now I understand you. You got me you right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Know, you. But we think it's two parts to this. We think the spending plan, the budget itself, the Republicans will probably get it done by June 30th. They are hunkering down right now. We got a, we got a five-way meeting scheduled for tomorrow. But those guys are hunkering down right now. The question is, the, the other piece is how you pay for it. There's one thing to, to, to buy something, okay? You know, you see something at the store you want to buy. There's another thing to make sure you got the money to pay for it. We think that how to pay for it may take go past the 30th, but exactly what they want to spend on will hit probably the 30th. And it's not going to be good. No real investments in job creation stuff. No real invest, investments in job training stuff. No expansion of RCAP and the economic development programs, which we really need Whoa, to Whoa, we need to vote against it. There's no RCAP. Well, I'm saying no expansion of it, okay? There's going to be some dollars trickling through, but you know that guy Terzai in the House, the Speaker of the House, he always wants to ratchet that stuff back, okay? So we keep fighting against him and make sure he doesn't ratchet it back anymore. And when the truth is, we need to expand it. No expansion in neighborhood tax credits to do uh, build-up in the neighborhoods. Thank God y'all got that rebuild program what going on. What about the schools, Vincent? Schools are going to be left short, man. The school look, we are, we are. I mean, that's a whole nother hour. We could we could do an hour on schools. Okay, we hope we're hoping that the schools will get what the governor proposed. But I can tell you, I can tell you without any fear of rebuke, that that is far short of what these schools need to have in terms of investment, especially. All right, on my construction guys, listen, especially on the construction side of the situation. The average age of the public schools just in Philadelphia is well over 75 years, all right? The school district did a study and said it would take $4.5 billion 
$4.5 billion to fix up the schools in the city of Philadelphia. That's probably a statewide cost of about 8 to $9 billion. We need to be addressing that, but these guys don't want to get down with that. So there's a lot of opportunities. We got to get more aggressive about challenging on these opportunities, and I'm glad we got the chance to talk about it on this radio show right now. Pennsylvania State Senator Vincent Hughes joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, Senator, I, uh, I'm going to ask you, if you will, uh, to hold for just a couple minutes. We've got to pay. Couple, we've got to pay some bills. We'll come back. We'll talk about the minimum wage, and we'll continue our conversation with Pennsylvania State Senator Vincent Hughes. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We're back in a moment. Local lives here. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I won't participate on behalf of ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia Building Trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs. Our proposed budget is premised on a revenue shortfall, tax revenue shortfall of about $640 million compared to our original estimate. Uh, and that obviously has a, um, a recurring impact on our receipts or our assumed receipts for the 17-18 fiscal year. Budget Secretary Randy Albright uh, on the floor. Welcome back, everyone, to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Coming up at 8 o'clock, it's the Dan Loney Show. Right now, right in the middle of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, where we're having fried panzerotti uh, at the dinner at the dinner table tonight, all courtesy of Napoli. Uh, and Jay Docs jumped into his second uh, fried panzerotti, Senator. Uh, that was the one that had your name on it, except you're not here tonight. So Jay Doc will take care of that. Sorry about that, Senator. Yeah, he'll That's he'll right. take no it. No problem. No problem. Senator, I'm sure you heard uh, Randy Albright, who used to be in your shop. But could That's you talk right. about the, the the minimum wage and how that'll actually raise revenue if we raise it? And I would like to see Terzai's kids or adults in his district live off eight seventy five. It can't work, Ryan. I mean, look, we raise the minimum wage. You know, I'm a fifteen dollar an hour guy. All right, so. Um, you know, but even at $12 an hour and, and myself, and let's be clear, we got some history on this. Myself and Senator Tartaglione, um, our, our buddies, la- labor strong a thousand percent, Senator Tartaglione. We worked this issue back in 2006. We raised the minimum wage in th- 2006. We beat the federal government, uh, in raising minimum wage back then. And, and what it did for the economy was great. And what it did for individual pocketbooks was fantastic. We believe we can get up to, with the increase in the minimum wage, up to additional $140 million into the state budget just by raising folks' salaries. When you raise folks' salaries, people are spending their money. Folks who are at the minimum wage, they spend their money in the community. They're not saving it. They're spending it. And they're spending it in the neighborhood. They're paying their bills. They're spending it in the neighborhood. And that contributes to the overall economy. When you give money, or give tax breaks to the very wealthiest, to the top one, two, five percent of the folks, they're not spending the money in the neighborhood. They're saving that money. They're investing that money. They're mm-hmm. shipping it overseas so they don't have to pay taxes on it. You know what's going on. Let's and be Senator, honest about this. And Senator, you, you know, we talk about the you know the, the minimum wage jobs, uh, like Brian and I were talking about during the break. They're not just for kids. I mean, I mean no. I mean, no. you, you got all kinds of people, um, mothers with kids, uh, and elderly people that were unable, that lost their uh, retirement. We'll get into the pension in a second. Uh, but, you know, we talk about State Senator Scott Wagner from York County. Oh, 
uh, who's, who's going to be run, he'll be running for governor. He's proposed uh, raising the minimum wage to eight dollars and seventy five cents. Let me right. tell you something, man. And, and, Over like a three or four year period. All uh, right. Oh, I, so I didn't get and that. He makes his living off government contracts, municipal exactly. contracts. He's the exactly. biggest hypocrite I've ever saw. I mean, it's a, it's embarrassing. He's a trash hauler. I mean, He's nobody does that individually. But not only that, an eight dollars and somebody. So you're telling me that he's talking about raising it a dollar fifty over four years. That's yes. not even, that's like not yes. even a cost of living increase. That's seventeen thousand five hundred dollars for a full time person a year. Think about that. Crazy. You can't make it off something like that. It's a as, joke. As, as, as Bill but, Clinton once said, that dog don't hunt. And All guess right? what? That'll keep people on public assistance while they're working. In other words, that's not all safe. you got to be watch out for it. Guys, I really need you guys to pay attention to this. The stuff that's getting ready to come out of Washington, D.C., all right, the massive cut in all kinds of programs, all kinds of programs that's going to happen in Washington, D.C. are going to have a devastating effect on working people. They're going to have a devastating effect on our communities. And believe me, they're coming with the Trump and his boys are coming with prevailing wage. They're coming with all of that kind of stuff. They want to reduce all the protections for workers. They're going to drive Sam Pine crazy in terms of the kind, the lack of protections and the law that they're going to change on him. It's going to be devastating for working people, and we got to pay more attention to what's happening in Washington as it relates to what's going to happen in Pennsylvania and other states around the nation. Hey, Senator, you guys were able to pass a bill to reform the pension system. Tell yeah. me how that's going to take hold and kind of stabilize that so that issue isn't an issue that we uh, it, have anymore. It really it's not going to have a big effect, Ryan, in terms of the, the, the substantive work that has to be done in terms of dealing with pensions. It, 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 will, it takes the issue off the table. For the next, uh, for to deal with other policy issues, because the changes that were made were kind of around on the edges. Okay, uh, all current employees in the state teachers pension fund and the state uh, public employees pension fund, current employees won't be impacted. It'll only take effect in 2019 when new hires going to uh, are are brought on after 2019. And 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 we got to be really clear about this pension conversation. Because what's really happened in many respects is a ruse to take folks' minds off of the fact that um, there's some people who get pensions, but the overwhelming number of people who are, who are approaching their, what are supposed to be their retirement years have absolutely nothing saved up. Nothing saved up. I mean, zero. Okay. All right? Your guys have money saved up. All you guys have got good pension funds. You know, I've got a pension fund. Teachers have a pension fund. But most folks, most folks do not have anything saved up for their retirement. So you go into the Target, okay? You go into the fast food place. You go into the, 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 uh, uh, the, the Sunoco gas station. You go in those places, and you see older and older individuals working in those places because they have nothing saved up, and they're forced to work. And so they lose the dignity that's supposed to be available to them in their retirement. That's correct, Senator. Uh, Senator, one last question, uh, because this was the last short segment. Do you think that it was smart for the school district and the teachers to ratify a contract that they don't know where they're going to get the money to pay for it from? Well, look, let's be clear about it. This was not a three-year contract. It was an eight-year contract. All right? Yes, it was an eight-year contract. Yeah. It's the five years that they didn't have a contract that they went without. 
And they didn't even get years. steps. Okay? They didn't get they didn't get their, their their full step stuff back. They got some incremental money just to take some mm-hmm. of the pressure. You never know. Let's let's be honest. You never know, you're never hundred percent guaranteed on where the money's gonna come from to pay for a contract. When you guys sign a multi year contract, you're not a hundred percent sure where the money's gonna be to pay for the contract. You know, if you're in the construction side, it depends on if you got enough work going on and all the things that goes goes along with that. So this whole idea about trying to jam these folks, okay, and teaching, you know, I mean, you know, these are the folks. I got a real problem with folks who demonize teachers because these are you the can't. folks who who, who 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 breathe the intellectual life into our children. Absolutely, They're fundamentally responsible for their reality, and and so we should be embracing them and providing more support for them as opposed to making it hard for them. So. Look, they, they help. Well, you they, know they, my you know my opinion. I think that we right. should have a march to Lower Marion and show the disparity to. between the twenty eight thousand they get and the sixteen thousand that we get. And when they say it's not all about money, well, give us the twelve extra thousand, and we'll talk. We'll okay. have that conversation, first Senator. I appreciate you, Ryan. First day of school in September. Let's put that together. I am right? there, and I, okay. I thank you for calling in on such a, a last minute cleanup for your for your uh, for your governor. But he's working, and you know he's in meetings trying to get that budget done. Thank you, Senator. All right, guys, keep it going. Keep it going. All thank right. you, Senator. That's Pennsylvania right. State Senator Vincent Hughes joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. More uh, reaction from the senator's comments as we roll on. Plus, Sam Pond coming in after the commercial break. Later, Jim Gardler, president of CWA 13,000, uh, will update J-Doc on what's going on with the AT&T uh, and Verizon strike, correct? Well, the AT&T uh, uh, strike and the, and the uh, settlement with Verizon. All right, so we'll deal with that again when we come back after the break. I believe there's room, okay, for the national building trades, the local building trades that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Special thanks to Pennsylvania State Senator Vincent Hughes uh, for joining us with some very interesting discussion, J-Doc, about the budget, along with Ryan Boyer and J-Doc, I'm Krause, on a beautiful Saturday night here in the Delaware Valley. Beautiful, uh, beautiful view from our studio here, and I'm excited to have uh, Sam Pond on the show. The uh, Teflon Man, the Harrisburg Teflon Man, <laughs> is how I refer to him. Sam, a good evening, my friend. How are you? Uh, I'm well. Thanks for having me, as always. That's Sam, we, it was a big week this week. It was a lot on the line and uh, with the House Bill 18. And you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things during the segment, but can you give us a little update there? Yeah, well, House Bill 18 um, uh, was uh, voted on the House floor. It came out of committee, as you know, last week and then uh, the week before. And then last week it was voted on the floor uh, with a procedural motion to recommit before it actually got to a, a vote on whether or not the legislature uh, was in support or they were going to say nay. Um, and that that vote to recommit it to another committee uh, carried, uh, and it was sent to another committee where um, it's sitting 
and we have uh, until next week until they adjourn to see whether or not they they vote uh, on the bill or they uh, defer. Um, so the there's a lot of political machinations here that we don't necessarily need to get into. But all I can say is that whole procedural setup. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, was a victory for injured workers uh, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And, and the interesting thing about House Bill 18 is a, it's a, a deceptive type bill that really, you know, you know, one thing I'd like to say about Sam is Sam's a labor advocate. He's a workers advocate. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of terms like right to work and, and uh, paycheck um, protection, which really don't protect, doesn't protect your uh, paycheck. And it, it's a right to work for less. Um, this bill was a uh, run under the guise of the opioid uh, epidemic which is serious in Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, that's not what this bill was about. It would have decimated uh, workers, injured workers' benefits. Am I correct, Sam? Yeah, Joe, you, I mean, that's a good summary. Um, first of all, the insurance industry has used, uh, you know, the opioid tragedy as a deception. It's really a diabolical play because you're simply for the benefit of another buck in your pocket, and they've already made a billion in savings and, and, and profits over the last seven years on the workers' compensation system. Um, for another buck, uh, you're really taking uh, a horrible tragedy that's affected a lot of uh, the folks in, in the state uh, to use as a headliner that had nothing to do with this bill. First of all, there was 4,200 uh, deaths last year from opioids and heroin addiction and, and overdoses in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Not one, not one is traced to uh, an injury at work. Um, so this was simply a guise to take all the medical treatment away. And quite frankly, if you take the medical treatment away, then you take an injured worker's case away. Uh, so you're right. That's what it was about. Uh, and we had, Joe, we had, look, this is, this is always going to be a coalition of folks that understand that we have to have a strong middle class. We have to protect people when they get injured on the job. They give up a constitutional right to sue. We've been through this with your listeners in the past. Um, and, you know, this is what we're up against, but it's a coalition of, of folks like me that go in the courtroom, doctors that treat these injured workers, and clearly, clearly, labor. Labor came in strong. Um, almost every large labor organization came in with a letter objecting uh, to the bill, sent it to all the legislators. And then it was really up to the legislators, and we really needed some of those legislators to, to have courage and step up. And I don't want to go on and on. but Sam, you know. but I have a question. This is Ryan. Uh, some of the audience may be new. Could you explain exactly what uh, this hideous bill was attempting to do? It was attempting to legislate out uh, the choice. These guys, uh, some of the Republicans, they always say they want choice, but they only want choice when it, when it benefits them. Could you talk about the bill, Sam? Yeah, you know, it's a really good point, uh, Ryan. They only want choice. And they only want responsibility. Uh, and they want to take away entitlements. Um, well, it's entitlements that are happening to the insurance company. In the workers' compensation system, uh, insurance companies get entitlements from getting subsidized from the unemployment fund, which they don't pay back, from the Social Security Disability uh, Fund, which the injured worker paid into. But you're right. Really what it took away from anyone is a choice to see the doctor. Um, and then it sent basically the medical treatment to a panel of insurance company hacks that reviewed whether or not the treatment was reasonable and necessary. Injured workers would not get any medical attention. If they had to get medical attention, it was going to be passed on to your health and welfare fund, Ryan, for the laborers. It was going to be passed on to employers. It was going to be passed on the citizens of, of this Commonwealth by picking up the bill. That's really what was going on here. Again, 
how we got here where insurance companies are getting a pass and actually having this audience is beyond me, but um, that's where we're at. And we've got to fight back. We've got to fight back with the coalition. We have to stop having their language used, whether it's paycheck, paycheck protection, whether it's right to work, whether it's opioid abuse under trying to take people's benefits away. We have got to fight back with our own messaging. Yeah, their, Sam, that's right. their messaging is hell. And they're giving the insurance companies, I mean, even if you look at this bill that came out of the United States Senate, it's $15 billion in there for a fund for insurance companies, the lower premium. It's like a, a subsidizing of, of trillionaires. I can't believe it. But see, Ryan, you're, doing, you're saying, you know, you're, you're a leader. You're, you're adroit, you're astute, you're well-read. We need everyone to take a civics course listening. We need each and every one of our members of your unions, of your union, other unions. We need each and every member of other organizations that are progressive. We need every one of my clients to have a civics course. We have to stay up and understand what's happening. We have to get away from the headliners. We have to get back into understanding what's going on, and we have to participate in the process. Look, manna from heaven. We had, we had something on our side on Tuesday because... We had challenged 11 years ago the 1995 Act as being unconstitutional in regard to delegating a state function in regard to medical care to an outside private entity. That was declared unconstitutional on the very morning of the vote. And a progressive, labor-oriented, courageous Republicans, 20 of them, read that decision and stood on the House floor and said, we know that House Bill 18, based on the Supreme Court decision that was just circulated this morning, is unconstitutional. We cannot avoid the Constitution in our democracy that says the separate branch of government, that being the judiciary, has declared something unconstitutional. We're going to pass an unconstitutional bill. And they stood up and they were courageous. And they took, as you know, Ryan because you're in the trenches politically, they took a lot of heat. They took a lot of pressure, but they stood up for us. No, they, they fight. And, you know, we have and, some good Republicans. Right, right. And Frank Dermody, primarily in the South, but also in the Northeast part of the state, Frank Dermody, the leader of the minority party, the Democrats, had every one of his members stand in line for us. That's the kind of coalition. That's the kind of coordination. That's the kind of education that we have to have resonate through our ranks. And, and, and Sam, you, you know, we talked about, we talked about, obviously, this isn't just about the Democrats. We need, you know, there's plenty of um, moderate R's that are out there working hard for, for, for working people. And the fact that, you know, we need uh, both sides of the aisle. Yes, we need to do that. And we need, we need to get more coordinated. We just have to get more coordinated. We've got great leaders. We've got great leaders. Ryan's a great leader. Um, very active. We've got, you know, we've got all these great leaders that really care about creating good jobs. And all they're asking for is, when I get injured, I want a fair fight. I just want to have, I gave up a constitutional right to sue. I want something fair. You know, we have got to stop. We have to call these people for selling their souls for money. It's okay to make money. But at the point of being totally, in, there's a total inequity. 
there's no fairness in the system. Not on the backs we, of the working man. Yeah, no, especially when you get hurt in, in, in professions that you're out there. And they didn't spare any profession. So let's not have this great, we love the police, we love the, the, the first responders. No, they mm-hmm. love the insurance companies more. Absolutely. You know, you know what? And Ryan makes a good point. Because they talk about all that that came up during the bill. It's about everyone taking a hit. The first responders, no pass. Please, no pass. We know you're out there sacrificing your life. So what? We're going to make a buck. Bottom line. Sam Pond joining us here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Uh, Sam, well done. Uh, Great work uh, on your part. I take it in and absorb uh, all of the information that you are providing and can't agree with you more. People need to understand uh, the process to try and affect change. Well done, Sam Pond. Well, thank Joe, you I'm going to thank you. For, wait a minute. I'm going to thank you for having this 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 platform. And I and and I think I speak on behalf of labor of our labor friends as well. This platform has to get more attention because this is this is exactly the kind of thing that we need to get our messaging out to the audience. And thank you for having me. Uh, well thank done, you, Sam. Sam Pond, joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Back on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Jim Gardler, President, CWA 13000, joins us when we come back. Interact with Talk Radio 1210 WPHT right now on air and online. Facebook.com slash 1210 WPHT. I'm coming out of that with them guys, okay? And mm-hmm. I was a treasurer to the Democratic Party. You know, I've been a loyal Democrat my whole life. But I've told people, and it hasn't, like I told you, it just didn't resonate with this election. If you look at the last few years, I've been telling people we have to become a little bit more individual. We have to be more of our own brand. Mm -hmm. We have to do a better job of becoming a business. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. He didn't miss us, but we certainly missed him. Nice to have Ryan Boyer uh, back in the chair. Come on, Ryan. Just a little bit on a, on last Saturday night when you were in South Carolina. I missed just it a, a little bit. Just a little bit you were a thinking about bit. the show? As I was looking at the sunset over the ocean. A little <laughs> hold bit. Hold on. John Kane is just texting me. He said the ratings were a lot higher last week. When uh, he was on, so. well, he was on. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least with the plumbers. That's, yeah. uh, and also, John says... Uh, he he's he's listening at home, uh, eating a delicious roast pork sandwich with long hots. Uh, so we we're making people hungry on this show, man. Well, we're having Panzerati's in the studio tonight. Special thanks uh, to Napoli's for uh, uh, for providing our dinner table menu. And yes, Ryan Boyer, we did miss you a week ago. So. But y'all didn't save me any of those crabs and lobster rolls. I would have said, well, we did save it, Rob. But you don't want them. They've been in my <laughs> trunk for a week. <laughs> no, I don't want them. <laughs> uh, so. Um, you know, I'm happy to, to, to bring on to the show uh, CWA uh, President uh, Jim Gartler, um, who's doing his first monthly correspondence uh, segment. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you, all you guys. How you doing, Jim? How you doing, Ryan? It, it, it's great to have you. First off, um, Jim, you wanted to kind of make a mention about something that happened yesterday. Yeah, it, it's a, with a heavy heart, I'd just like to mention real briefly that we had a member a 25-plus-year member and a father um, who was injured on a job in a serious injury yesterday. Um, out of respect for his family, I don't want to get into mentioning names. I'd just like to ask that your listeners and just basically everybody who uh, is out there that you know is listening and aware of this to, to keep him in your prayers. Absolutely. He's, he's having a difficult time, and he's fighting right now. And, you know, um, I just wanted to make mention of that briefly on the show. Thoughts and prayers from the show and, and everybody in labor, Jim. I, I appreciate you mentioning that. Um 
And certainly it, 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 it's why we, we, we have to prioritize safety and, and health still in this day and age. So well said. Um, and to, to unfortunately have to segue, but can you, one of the things we're going to talk about is, is your, uh, if you could, could give us an update on the A&T, AT&T wireless workers negotiations. Wireless right. Workers. So, so AT&T Mobility, we've been going through difficult negotiations with them. And actually this extends quite further than our Verizon negotiations that we had this time last year. Um, this extends over 36 states and Washington, D.C., covering about 21,000 AT&T wireless workers. And it's kind of like the same script that we went through with Verizon. You know, they want the members to pick up these ridiculous costs on health care. Um, they want to offshore a lot of their jobs. Uh, it, it's a lot of the same fights that we went through with Verizon. But, you know, we, we took a step about a month ago and we called a three-day strike with these members. And I, I got to say, Joe, um, you know, these are people that have never been through a labor dispute before. And I've never been so impressed with a group of people who haven't gone through this standing up for themselves out there for the three days that we called this strike, fighting to protect their health care, fighting for job security, fighting to protect their wages and everything out there. And it's going to be a difficult fight. And just the fact that they were able to stand up for that three day period and show that they want to protect these things. and They don't want to let this company just march their jobs offshore to some other country um, to low-wage call centers in some other state, and they want to protect them, and they want to keep them right here. So they and, can these, and these companies are making billions of dollars. Uh, the CEO makes in excess of $28 million a year, and he's trying to uh, screw the workers. I don't understand. These are the same workers that got them to the stock price that they have because they had great workers. It used to be a partnership in America. When did that stop? I guess when they started realizing they can line their pockets with more money. And, and when you say billions, they make roughly about a billion dollars profit a month, Ryan. Whoa, it's almost staggering. Month? Yeah, it's a, over a billion dollars a month. And you're right. The CEO himself makes, uh, took home $28.4 million last year alone. So and you can see why. And that's not counting the stock options. Probably. Yeah, because he'd probably have to drop his, his annual pay to about 20 mil if he if he um, negotiated in, in, in good faith with the members. So I can understand why, you know. Where does the resistance, I don't understand when you when you hear those numbers and, and in its simplest form, Jim, how, do, where does the resistance come from? I don't get it. I, I don't, it's greed. It has to be. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's one thing to, I guess, you know, you have a responsibility to shareholders, but you also have a responsibility to your employees. And to kind of put this in perspective, we, we did some research here. And since 2011, they have sent closed over 12,000 good call center jobs right here in the United States and moved them across, across the country and moved them out to other parts of the world. So what can we, the consumer, do to change their uh, behavior? I know my wife and I, if we hear someone, we ask them where they're from. If they say from India, we say, we won't talk to you. We want someone from American Call Center. Well, that's, that's absolutely one thing. And we do push that with a lot of people is asking them to, to ask for call centers or people that can accept the calls in the United States and preferably ask for union members in this country. Because, you know, there are some call centers out here that aren't represented, there are a lot of represented AT&T workers in call centers throughout the country. And even when you walk into these stores, another thing we'd ask people to do when they have AT&T products, which, by the way, in Pennsylvania is the only unionized cell phone carrier 
AT&T is the only That's what we have in my shop. Pennsylvania. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we try to put that out there and make sure people go to AT&T, but we ask them to avoid the authorized retailers. Those branded retail stores account for 60% of the stores across the footprint. We want them to go to the AT&T stores that are represented by union members. And Jim, let me ask you a question. So what uh, we got about a we got about 2 minutes. Number 1, um so where are we in the process? Does it look like we can avoid another strike? Uh, what's the prognosis number 1? We're not we're not sure yet. We we if we need to call a strike, obviously you guys realize that's the last Of resource. course. But we keep our members engaged. Our members have already demonstrated that they're willing to do whatever it takes to get a good contract. So, you know, if this fight's going it, to, it's like anything else. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But at some point, if we get pushed to the point, we've demonstrated already through Verizon that we can conduct a successful strike and achieve the goals we need to achieve. And if we have to do it with our eighteen team members, we'll, you know, we'll have to do that again. Now, Jim, um, obviously we'll be here for, to, to update that on, on a regular basis. Tell us real quick, uh, you had a recent settlement between CWA and Verizon PA. We got about a minute. So what we did is in 2015, we filed a complaint with the Public Utility Commission about poor plant conditions across the state of Pennsylvania. make a long story short, um, the PUC was going to go to a public hearing over this issue. Verizon, in an attempt to avoid the exposure and go to that public hearing, reached out to us, and we made a settlement agreement that is going to repair and replace significant amounts of poor conditions, poor unsafe conditions across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to provide better service as a result of this complaint we filed from our offices in the CWA. Jim Gardler checking in here uh, and joining us on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Jim, uh, thanks for taking a moment on a busy Saturday night for, on a busy Saturday night for you. Thank you, sir. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank no, you, Jim. And no. we're going to have Jim back on a periodic basis, no, I, you know, to, to give us some great updates. All right, good yeah, stuff, fighting, Jim. They're fighting a great fight. Absolutely. All right, let's go around the table here before uh, we close. Uh, let me uh, start with uh, J-Doc. Let me start with you, and then we'll close out with Ryan's last thought. No, I'm just talking. You just got done talking to Jim. That's corporate greed at the max right there. Unbelievable. It was great to have uh, Senator Hughes on the program and, of course, Sam Pond uh, fighting a good fight for us in Harrisburg. Always. Uh, Ryan, I come to you just to give you 35 seconds or so just to put an exclamation point on your return to the big chair tonight. Well, we had a great show. I left the Overbrook Park Civic Association Community Day to be here and I'm glad that we had great guests but it underscores the fact that we still have to fight because corporate greed is taking over our country and we have to be the people fighting for the workers we're on the right side of this issue we just have to message better and let the workers know that they do have power in this country Right, well done. Well, well said. And we take uh, Ryan's words and we blast them over a big megaphone out to the Delaware Valley. And we ask all listeners on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, use your theater of the mind and process all of the information we talked about here tonight. That's going to do it for Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer for J-Doc, Krause, and Glenn behind the glass. I'm Joe Krause. We'll see you next time. Seen that open space? I hope you're saving that for medical marijuana because I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and I just want to let you know. We're talking big numbers. We're talking, as you know, they're talking trillions, but we're talking mucho billions around here of unionized pension money. I haven't heard in six weeks one conversation about Russia yet. That's the reality. They come to me about jobs. They come to me a little bit about Obamacare, but they don't come to me about Russia. And with Philadelphia jumping out of the seams as a hospitality town, we need our transportation to be clean, efficient, safe, and on time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.